Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Good morning to you. Welcome in. Happy Memorial Day Monday. Stan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio, with the great Ryan Hollins. I'm Doug Gottlieb, and uh, we're with you for the next three hours. We'll talk some hoops. Uh, we'll talk some fantasy football trash talk gone awry. Uh, we'll talk some awards. And do we have to actually go by the letter or spirit of the award law? Uh, might even talk a little Top Gun. Find out if uh, Ryan has gone and thrown his money at uh, the Tom Cruise Retirement Fund at, at all. We got a, a lot to get to. <laughs> Morning to you, Ryan. How are you? <laughs> Morning, Doug. What's going on, brother? Uh, not a whole lot. Like, listen, this is uh, today. Like, becomes like all right, the last day of spring, first day of summer. Right? It's kind of the uh, ushering of it. And we got an NBA Finals. I I think let's just let's just dive right in. Obviously, you played so long in this league. You cover it this year um, for for the Rockets, as well as covering it for all the national networks as well. So, like you, the game is done. You turn off the TV. What's in your mind? I think that what we're seeing is the two teams that made it to the NBA Finals. We're seeing the deeper teams make it. You know, we're used to, like, we want so bad, Doug, to crown the superstar. Giannis is the best player in the league. Well, they got Kevin Durant. That's going to be the difference. They got Kevin Durant. LeBron James is the shoe-in. You know, just give him enough help. I think what we're seeing is the two deepest teams made it to the finals. The two teams that could afford an injury or an off night from a, a player end up making it. Because I watched Jimmy Butler and I watched the Heat, and you just needed one more Jimmy Butler. 
You just needed, you know, maybe two halves. Maybe Hero and you know, Oladipo kind of have good performances and they, they both become a superstar each in their own right or, you know, somewhere there. But Boston was a deeper team. And that was what I said before. And you look at Golden State and it's it's so funny. Before Wiggins had that big game, I don't know how you feel about this. Before Wiggins had that big game against Luka and just locked him up and you know had the major dunk, he wasn't even getting mentioned, dude. You, you, we would go whole full segments without even saying Wiggins' name. And that speaks to the depth. This is arguably one of the highest paid guys on their team in the NBA. And, and, and you, we, we don't go the whole segment without talking Wiggins. And then he shows up and has big games. The deepest teams made it to the finals, Doug. Ah... Uh... You know, the Celtics only played, like, seven guys last night, right? Seven good guys, though, Doug. Well, <laughs> I, I, like, uh, okay, so um, there's there's a lot to it. I, do I think we had the two best teams in the playoffs? We do. Um, you know, it's, it's you can't, it's like, the, the Nets are a completely different thing if, if they're healthy. I yes. mean, they just, you know, it's just, it's really hard to tell. And... I would say the same thing if we're honest about Golden State. You know, the Clippers never didn't have Kawhi all year. The Nuggets didn't have Jamal Murray all year. So, you know, right there we're talking about we're talking about three. And, and you know, I could kind of go through the laundry list of other teams with with interest. You know, the Lakers didn't have Anthony Davis, so they didn't make the playoffs. Not that that yep. team was going to win a championship, but I mean, you want to play Anthony Davis and LeBron James in the playoffs? I sure as hell don't. Right. So, so. It, you know, if we if everybody is healthy, does it look different? Probably. Okay. I don't know if two if if anybody beats out of these teams, but I I think there's a lot to the, how each team was built. That's interesting. I turned off last night thinking, um, boy, the Celtics won the game, and that was a weird series, right? Where you just had blowout after blowout after blowout, and last night felt like it was it was not really that close. It was a well-played game, but it wasn't, you know, Boston kept them at arm's distance the entire night. But end of second quarter, end of third quarter, and end of game, man, they they were – It's like, you know when we grew up and everybody in football would play a prevent defense at the end of a game? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. you'd say the prevent defense <laughs> would prevent you from winning, right? Yeah, yeah. Where you're, you're basically, like, driving with the parking brake on. That was Boston, like – you know you guys can win this game, and you miss a couple of drives. You have a bunch of bad possessions, and Miami just starts driving the ball right at you, laying the basketball in, being the aggressor. I, I mean, I just – Jimmy Butler coming down, I do think he could have driven and gotten into the chest. Um, uh, who was that? Well, that was Al Horford. Could have gotten in the chest of Al Horford and laid it in. But, I mean, that shot felt like it had to go in. You know, I know Boston won. I think they're the better team, but boy, they they were not closing that game with the type of fervor or the type of energy. We're like, I feel really, really confident in their ability to win an NBA Finals. I don't, I don't know. That, that was I turned off like they won the game. I think they're really good. I think they're a really hard matchup, and they're very good defensively. But man, it's hard to think they'll beat the Golden State Warriors if that's the way they close that thing out. No, and I agree, and that's why I say. They're deeper. I'm, I'm not, you know, just head over heels with with the team. I just feel like they're deeper. And the diff- let's let's go back to the Milwaukee series. Milwaukee stole some games against Boston. Milwaukee shouldn't even no have, have been where they were. And no Boston tried to give a few away. And it's like exactly what you're saying. They didn't. They don't execute down the stretch. Sometimes their depth becomes a problem. If Marcus Smart is all, he's always going to be a great defender. 
But offensively, you don't always know which Marcus Smart is going to show up. And yeah. if he's turning the ball over, getting his shot blocked, you could lose on his shoulders. So they're more intriguing. But as far as the execution, yes. Yes, yes, and yes. And that's why I say if Miami had just one more guy. They have one more guy. It's a whole, they, they don't win. I actually picked, I actually picked Miami to win. Not because they were the better team, not because they were deeper, but I, I just really questioned Boston down the stretch. But they knew, and this is Doug, this is the same thing I said about Milwaukee last year. Congratulations, Milwaukee last year, NBA champs. Yeah, rub it in Ryan Holland's face. Congratulations, guys. They had to be up by 10-plus points to close games. And 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 when they you don't have that killer instinct, that's fine. I, I've played on teams where that was the understanding. When we used to play against the Spurs, don't don't let it be close. Because if it comes out of execution, you're going to lose to San Antonio. You're going to lose to Timmy D and, and Manu and Tony Parker and those guys. Don't keep it. You want to be up 10 to 15 points, and you'll be good. And I, I felt the same way that Boston knew and understood that. And hats off to Ime Udoka in his first year coaching with the success he's having. He knows his team. Yeah, there's there's a lot to all of this stuff, right? Like you can – if you want to make definitive statements, oh, you, you know, you got to have an experienced coach like – Okay, Ime's not an experienced coach. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, he's really, really good. I mean, look, Steve Kerr had never coached a day in his life, and they've been to, what, six of the last eight finals. And, you know, we can dem- people can diminish Steve Kerr all you want. That's a beautifully coached basketball team. Um, so both those guys know what they're doing, and they have very different paths to getting here. Uh, I think, you know, Jason Tatum, he hit, he hit the one shot, which should have been a dagger, you know, where he sidestepped three, which is an amazing shot. I mean, he has... He's a remarkable scorer, but it's the other things that Ime has gotten him to do, which have really made this team into an Eastern Conference champion. But I don't know, like last night was, uh, it was fascinating. It was exactly what you, how you kind of pictured it. Like that's a team Miami put together kind of a little bit like, I know that the construct of teams are different, but think back to when the Sixers with Allen Iverson went to the finals mm-hmm. or think back to oh, when the Cavs with LeBron James went to the finals. Like we've four, actually four seen guys. a lot of these <laughs> um, or the Orlando magic with Dwight Howard went to the finals, right? Where you have a team that's built of just a bunch of junkyard dogs. And then one guy that kind of takes all the <laughs> shots and, and, and usually sometimes is enough in the Eastern Conference. That's kind of how they're built, whereas Boston has kind of two of those guys, right? Two elite scores, and then the team is that, – that top seven is very nicely put together. I got to ask you one question because you played Sorry. in the league and I didn't. And this is very specific to the NBA, which you don't see obviously in football when it's one and done and you don't see as much in baseball. Like Peyton Pritchard, he played huge minutes in the same series. Last night he played two minutes. Uh, the time before Miami didn't play at all. Like it really is amazing at how the series in seven games, if you watch the tape of games one, two, and three, it looks completely different than games six and seven. Yeah, well, well you got to think in games one and two, and which kind of probably frustrates us a little bit, you had no Horford and you had no Smart in that game one. And remember the, the infamous uh, video that goes viral. Smart is in his Miami gear, his shorts, and his and his, his his you know tropical top, and he's he's coaching the guys from the sideline, and he doesn't play. And then he has that matchful game. They end up winning game two, and Horford was out too. They missed those two guys. Th- this series would have been a whole lot less closer if not for that. And I feel confident in in saying that because the game game one was a bloodbath. 
I mean, guys were getting body slammed, elbowed, thrown to the ground because you're missing your two toughest players for Boston uh, in Horford and Smart, and they just got out physical. They weren't the better team. They're just more physical. And then, you know, the numerous guys going to the back and, 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 and coming out and back again. And I think it's funny. Trey Young had a, had, a, had a tweet. I don't know if you saw it, Doug. He goes, wow. Uh, the Boston Celtics have the best training staff in the NBA. These these guys are out for the game and making it back. <laughs> yes, it, I mean the whole the whole thing was the whole thing was nutty. All right, so we got a lot to get to with with this series. Um, I am interested in terms of does America like this series, right? Like the the dream is always if you're the NBA, you sit there you're like, okay, if we get LeBron and Steph, right, in the West, and then in the East. You know, you'd like, I mean, you'd really like the Knicks, right? But if you had like Boston and New York, and then I, I, I guess the Celtics are probably the biggest draw because the historic name, the historic significance of it. But I'm, I'm interested because I do think Boston has been kind of wading around in the pool of being a championship caliber team. You go back the year Kyrie was hurt. They got to the Eastern conference finals. Right. And they were still very talented when Kyrie was there. Uh, You know, last year they, you know, they, they were competitive and obviously, you know, Brad kicked himself upstairs and Danny Ainge retired. So I, I do think it's not like this is a team out of nowhere that no one expected to be good. Agreed. But I also don't know if, yeah, I, I just I don't know how they're viewed in terms of popularity. I think it's a pretty good finals, though. Like, yeah, you could do a lot worse than Boston versus uh, Golden State to decide your NBA championship and and kind of resell the league on the what the what the post LeBron era will look like. Forgive me, all my Boston fans, for what I'm going to say. Um, I, I did play in Boston, and when they were up three two and they got tied up, I had flashbacks. I was a part of that LeBron game. Where he came back, so I'm, I'm I, in some sorts. I'm glad that the Celtics won, and everybody's not chiming back to us losing this series. You, oh, back back in 2014, <laughs> you know, we're not doing that. Um, but you got the best to agree with what you said. You got the best of what's left. I, I think we can all agree. If somehow the Final Four on paper, this would have been our dream scenario, Doug. As we don't, we're, we don't have any. Well, I'm a I'm a Rockets fan. All right, my Rockets aren't in it. It, it would have been LeBron. Versus versus uh, Steph, mm-hmm. and then on the other side it would have been Kevin Durant versus you know maybe a Celtics would be realistic, but obviously New York Knicks. Looking at the whole league, but of the four that were left, you got a guy who you can crown as a superstar moving forward, and Jason Tatum, and his name will be box office if they if if they end up winning it with the Celtics, and then obviously you have the most on the line here. This would be Stephen Clay's. Uh, most powerful championship yet. If they do this, we're we're we're, we're talking history with them. You know, everybody's, talk, you know, making Steph the, the best player on the planet. How about we just let him be the best point guard that ever played? Let him rival that before he's the best player. But there's a whole lot that those guys in the Warriors can add to their legacy. So I think of the four agreeing with you, mm-hmm. we got the best draw, Doug. And it hadn't always been happening. I mean, not, just to be honest, very lackluster last year. Uh, if you if you weren't a Milwaukee Buck fan or a Suns yeah. fan, there was not a lot of history going in there. Yeah, yeah, uh, like you, you can be really really good teams, but that can't make America necessarily care. Um, uh, th- this is this is Jalen Brown after the game talking about how big a test it was for him and his teammates to win a game seven on the road. Today was the biggest test, not just you know 
of the year, but you know, of our careers to, to mentally come into a game seven away after losing on our home court, which was tough, and we got it done. I, I, I honestly, I mean, Jalen Brown first, like, guy's brilliant, so it's I love I love listening to him talk about basketball. Um, but the second part is like he was probably the more consistent player if you really kind of get down to it. Uh, it, it whereas, um, you know, he, he doesn't win the what is the what is the award? Is it the Larry Bird Award? I guess is that what they're what they're calling? It? Jason Tatum wins it. J, look, Jason Tatum is awesome. His his peak is probably higher than Jalen Brown his peak in terms of yes of, of getting buckets. Jalen's kind of that consistent dude, and he had an incredible finish in traffic. Uh, but it's interesting. Like if we step back from how we started talking about this. By the way, Ryan Hollins, Doug Gottlieb, in for Dan the Dan at Stan Patrick Show. Happy Memorial Day to you. If we step back to it, we go like, okay, well, the Celtics, they whooped the Bucks in Game 7, going back to the previous series. Now you beat the Miami Heat on the road in Game 7. Like, you're right. That, like, if we actually think about it, like, you know what? Their, their test did get progressively more difficult, you know? Like, first the test was maybe the best player in the league. I know they were a depleted team, but they 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 made him look like it, like a player that we hadn't seen in a long time with Kevin Durant. You know, then you win a game seven against the defending champions. Then you win a game seven on the road against a team that had been to the finals two years ago and raucous environment. Great player on the other side, great coach on the other side. Like I think that I think it's, these the tests are not only hard. They've actually gotten like questions on an actual test where they're getting progressively more difficult. Yeah, you know, no, 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 no. Make no mistake here. You're gonna have to put a lot of respect on Jason Tatum's name in the Boston Celtics. Yes, Kevin Durant, Giannis, onto the coupon, Jimmy Butler. Those are those are big names. Yeah, you're, you're gonna have to throw yeah. a lot of respect on this run, and, and it's and it's quietly been slept on. But you are gonna do that. I think just what ends up being tough, Doug. We're so accustomed to just undeniably knowing who the best player in the NBA is, who's the best player on the planet. And we can say, hey, man, it's Kevin Durant versus this guy. It's Steph Curry versus this guy. We would always been able to – we can't do that this year. We cannot we, – we cannot do that. Well, they got LeBron. I, I got faith. They got LeBron. Like, they got Giannis. Giannis had 40 and 20 in back-to-back games. Then they got blew out when it mattered. We can't do that. It's a it's a matter of death, and obviously, if Middleton w- was playing, it'd be a difference. But we can't do that, and I think that's the biggest intrigue, and why I point to depth. Who's the deeper team? Who's the team that can can grind with you? Like you said earlier, Doug, in the show, Boston, Miami, just they stay high. They co- they compete entire games. They compete. They don't have drop off. Where we've seen the Warriors have drop off, even though they did impress me last series, Doug. I remember telling you I wasn't impressed with the Warriors. They kind of turned it on. That drop off isn't the same. Maybe that's just maturation and knowing, you know, when you can do it and when you can't. But those teams play at a high level, but there's no like, hey, this guy is going to bring it home for you. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's gonna it's gonna be fun, and I I I I don't love the whole narrative, the whole like pecking order thing. Like, I mean, what are we? I I just I try and just appreciate it for what it is. Um, let's actually let's hear from Jason. So here's Jason Tatum. I thought this was interesting, talking about what his play was fueled by. We need to split the group up and get rid of you know somebody or me and JB can't play together. Uh, fueled us um, to to figure it out and you know not run from it. I th- I think that's actually a great point. I mean, look, there was there was talk about that. 
can these two coexist? Can can they coexist to the level that they can get to an NBA championship considering they're both really, really talented and and need need the basketball? And the answer is, yeah, they, they, they can coexist. I think I think the thing that would be interesting, and again, I didn't listen to everything Jason said, is if there is a an admittance of like, hey, People asked if it could work, but part of it was I wasn't sharing the ball enough and I wasn't playing good defense. So some of it's also on the guy, right? Like Ime's gotten these guys, you know, to do things that they weren't previously doing together. And then I think, I thought Marcus Smart calling them both out early in the year. Like that changed the dynamic of this team. And so while we can look back now and go, hey, all those guys who said we couldn't play together and win a championship, they were wrong. Like, they they might end up being wrong, but based upon how you were playing at the time, they might not. They they weren't wrong. Doug, I know, I'm sure you remember this, and um, this is this is going to agree with your exact thoughts. Boston Celtics were in the bubble, and Brad Stevens was coaching, and Marcus Smart went off. He went off calling them soft, not committed on the defensive end, only wanted to play one way. Hey, if this is what you guys are, I'm out. Okay? I don't want any parts of it. He went off. And I've always said, one of my earliest, you know, one of my first years really covering the NBA on a national level was when Boston went on that run. They ended up losing to LeBron James in the Game 7, but they they defended. They got after it. You mentioned it without Kyrie. So you're faithful. Like, well, if this team just adds Kyrie, they'll be really good. And that team defended. So the last time that the Celtics had had a lot of success. It wasn't necessarily the talent. It was that they defended and they got after you. And this is the first time in a while, shout out to Ime Udoka, shout out Defensive Player of the Year, Marcus Smart for setting the, the table there. They got after you and got physical defensively. And I thought that was the biggest difference in the bubble. And it seemed like that was the team, the safe pick for all us analysts to go, yeah, I really like Boston. Look look at them talk about, I really like Boston. Look at, look at Boston. Look what they have. You know, Gordon Hayward and everything. Like, they've been deep, you know, but they really get after you now. And, and that's the difference there. But you're right. I mean, this team was looking like, oh, what's wrong with Danny Age? Break them up. Break them up. And hats off to Danny. Did not break them up. Kept yeah. them together, and they, they, they kind of grinded it out, literally. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. Whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling. 
Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning to you. Happy Memorial Day Monday. The unofficial beginning of summer is upon us. Hope you're having a great weekend with your family, with your friends. And today you take a second to pay respects to so many who have given the ultimate sacrifice so that we can cook meats with each other, go by a lake, go by a pool, go see your kid play sports on Memorial Day Monday. With Ryan Hollins, I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is the Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. We have an Eastern Conference champion, a Western Conference champion. That's right. We have the NBA Finals, the Celtics and the Warriors. And I and I want to get to, Ryan, the, the, the Darvin Ham hire, but I want to start by discussing the Celtics and what Ime Udoka has done, right? Because, like, look, last hour we were talking about your star player's coachability, right? If your star player decides he can be coached, your team will decide th- they can be coached. It's, it's what separates the Tim Duncans of the world, the Steph Currys of the world, etc. And I think it's really interesting, right? Like the Celtics, Brad Stevens is a great coach, but yeah. whether it was the Gordon Hayward acquisition or whatever had happened, it felt like those guys had stopped listening, right? Whereas Ime comes in, and I'm not sure they listened right away, but there's a there's an absolute difference in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum's buy-in. Some of it comes from having Al Horford, having Marcus Smart, whatever, but it does feel like the big difference is that they're they're listening to their coach. They're allowing themselves. Is that is that fair? What you've seen covering the league all year? Absolutely. As a former player, when you talk to a current player about, hey man, like you're really good when you get in the stance and you're active, 
and it's the difference between winning and losing. That's going to hold more weight than a guy who's not a former player. There's just a certain language you could speak. Now, the problem sometimes with a former player is, you know, I don't want to say work ethic. I think that's really overblown, and you see a lot of former players putting in the work, but just being able to relate. And I think for myself, even in broadcasting, if it was coaching that I stepped into, your career doesn't matter. You can no longer have that ego. You can no longer have the edge. Right. And you're just speaking to these guys on what they could do to be great. I want to see you be great. And I think Ime Udoka has embodied that. And I think from playing against Ime Udoka, that was a mean dude on the floor. Yep. He defended. Yep. And he just did his job, dude. And he's had success up there in Brooklyn and even more now. So there's just a level where you can you speak a different language, Doug. I I, I would agree. Uh, and also the ability, honestly, some of it's just the ability size-wise to look a dude in the eye, right? It's like a <laughs> – Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different thing. Um, I do think, though, that it, like if we're, if we're fair, I think what they created with the team, right? Like bringing back Al Horford was huge. Um, and, and, you know, they re-signed Marcus Smart, and there were people that said, like, man, that's a lot of money for Marcus Smart. And when Marcus Smart, you know, kind of went off on, on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and, the, like, the culture, what they've been doing, you know, nobody pushed back on Marcus Smart. Like, the whole thing has kind of worked together nicely. So you you got to give credit to Ainge, who drafted the, most of these dudes, to Brad, who kind of, you know, put most of this roster, obviously this roster together, and then the EMA for getting them all to buy in. Like, it all kind of worked together. Yes. And ultimately, though, it's they listen and respect EMA Yudoka, and that has had a significant impact on their level of, of success. Okay, so Darvin Ham has a lot of EMA Yudoka to him, right? Like a guy who was just a warrior in the league, a guy who – Former player, but also he's been a grinders and assistant coach, just like Ime was a, was a grinders and assistant coach, right? Guys respect that. They respect the work ethic. But does that work with LeBron and Anthony Davis? I think it will. I think it will. And the more that I dug into the Darvin Ham hire, the more I liked it. Uh, for one, he coached in L.A. for two years. He knows the culture. like L.A., they like to keep it in the family. They like to keep one of their guys. He had time as an assistant with the Lakers he got a world championship as a player that experience is valuable whether you were the guy who hit the shot or just the guy who was in the locker room that experience is valuable and a world championship as a coach and might I add we're gonna have to put some respect on uh, coach Budenholzer's name Taylor Jenkins over there in Memphis is arguably you can argue Doug the the best up-and-coming coach in the league he is creating culture. He's creating buy-in so much that when Java Rant don't play, they don't have drop-off. <laughs> they don't have drop-off. And that's probably from Coach Budenholzer. You got to give respect to Taylor Jenkins. Just like, remember, with, with, with Popovich, we heard Antonio Daniels earlier. If you coach, those assistant coaches did not stay long under Popovich, and Budenholzer was one of them because they went out and got jobs. And I think Budenholzer looks to be doing the same thing and I think there's a couple things that L.A. like to see. And, hey, man, Le- LeBron don't want to defend. He looking nose to nose with Darvin Ham. Hey, man, you're you going to have to take some of that bass out your voice, player. You're going to have to take some of that bass out your voice. Darvin Ham is ripped, dude. Yeah, I, I, I guess the question is, though, that at this point in his career, you know, 
can can LeBron like uh, we're we're asking a lot for LeBron. I one I don't know if they can change the roster enough to where they can create a team that's good enough anyway. Because all of the coaching and the respect aside, like look, dude, with that roster last year, they they, they weren't winning a championship. You're correct. Like that was yes. just it was just too flawed. Okay, so let let's be honest and say they got to get the the roster right. But there's also the, you know, the reason that I, I, I never thought, I remember when LeBron, when he was leaving Cleveland, there was like, well, maybe you'll go to San Antonio. Like, San Antonio's, uh, Greg Popovich's first rule is you got to get over yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And, and LeBron's a great player, you know? He's, he, he's in anyone's discussion as the greatest player of, of all time. I don't think he is, but it's okay. I mean, it's a, it's a reasonable discussion to have considering the consistency of success over 19 to 20 years. Um, but he is not over himself. Like, let's not let's not kid ourselves. Le- LeBron has never been hasn't been over himself really ever, nor necessarily should he be. Um, and he's got every right considering his his success. I just I don't know if it sounds really good. And if you just had Anthony Davis, if Darvin Ham would be perfect because Anthony Davis needs to get in the type of shape and maintain the type of offseason shape so his body doesn't break down. Uh but I don't know if it, it's not too late for for LeBron. That's, I guess, my well, question. Okay, let me throw this to you. I'm going to mirror Memphis, and I'm going to give you a guy, obviously completely different places in their career. Right. Hats off to Taylor Jenkins. He realized John Morant is not over himself. <laughs> John Morant, definitely not over himself. But there's a culture there created that, John, ja, if you feel like playing, we'd love to have you. But we got guys that move the ball, play together, defend, and make tough plays. Yeah. So whether you're in the lineup or not, we're not going to miss a beat. So much so that when fans started to tweet at John Morant when the team went on a run with him out of the lineup, he got in his feels. So to answer your question, if if Darvin Ham can say, you know, AD, Brown Westbrook, you, you guys be the best versions of yourself. I'm going to let you do your deal. But the culture that I'm going to instill – the guys that are going to defend, hit open shots, and 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 you know help what's going on, support you, and hopefully there's some help with the with the roster. It's it's not it's it's the mid level, it's the injuries, and then it's the fill in guys. Like like all right, like there's good fill in guys uh, in Memphis. That's what the Lakers need. They had good fill in guys. You can buy time for LeBron to Westbrook or Anthony Davis to kind of be themselves. And obviously health is a big thing with Anthony Davis, but I think. To answer your question, it's not necessarily about LeBron. You're going to get 28, 8 and 8, or even if it goes, that number goes down, Doug, to 25, 5 and 5 for LeBron James moving forward. And they win, and it's a, the rest of the guys are doing their job and diving on the floor and, and just getting physical and doing a lot of stuff. You think about Memphis, you think about Milwaukee, that's how they play. That's the buy-in that you need. LeBron does well when his role players are just dogs, okay, and they buy in, and that's what you didn't see. Ryan Hollins, Doug Gottlieb, and for Dan, the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. All right, I want to get to this. Uh, we'll, we'll circle back to last night's Eastern Conference, Game 7. Um, uh, it's with my, my son's like, you mean the semifinals? Like, no, it's the Eastern Conference Finals. He's like, the semifinals. Anyway, we'll get, we'll get to that uh, upcoming. I, I did want to play you the sound because I promised you I would. Now, have you seen the GIF in question now? No, 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 I haven't. Jason, did he send it? Let me check my phone. Well, you know, I didn't send it to you. I can send it to you. No, I thought Jason, no, I thought I thought Jason would, would, would show stuff. it to you. No, yeah. no, don't forgive me. He probably did. Jason doesn't uh, miss a beat. Uh, uh, I'll send it to you if you okay. don't. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so it, it's, it's, it's three people. Okay, it's three people. 
um, throwing what looks like some sort of, it's like a soft kettlebell, like a gigantic like kettlebell. There's two men and a woman, and it's a pretty popular gif. And they kind of do the kettlebell like toss, like kind of tossing it over their heads. She tosses it up in the air and it comes down and nearly chokes her. Like, honestly, like, I'm glad if it's a gift, she must be okay. But it could have been really, really bad. And whereas the other two guys, they kind of throw it over their head, right? So it's, and what apparently Jock Peterson did was put it on a group chat. So if you missed it, Jock Peterson, Tommy Pham, get into it. It's during batting practice. You know, nobody's there, but somebody had a cell phone. And here's Jock Peterson describing the incident. No, there was no real argument. He kind of came up and said, like, I don't know, you remember from last year? And I was like, fantasy football? And he's like, yeah. I, and yeah. Where did he slap him? <laughs> I mean, like, the In the, yep. Yeah. <laughs> In the cheek. What did you do? Nothing. There was a decent amount of people around, and I uh, didn't get emotional, and don't think uh, violence is the answer, I guess you could say. So I kind of left the situation, and uh, some other players were out there, and it, like, one bench is clear, but it was batting practice, and uh, there, there was nothing more to it. Like I said, it was a unfortunate situation for over a fantasy football league rule or wasn't a rule and so yeah uh here's here's peterson talking about the gif in question i know what he said and either it's true there are there was a lot of money involved in it i did send a gif in the group chat that was making fun of the padres in the group chat there was also some there was more than one padre there was maybe four or five that uh i'm kind of close with a couple of them and it was supposed to be a friendly thing just making fun of they were playing bad and just talking back and forth and uh yeah i mean he did not like that and responded jock i don't know you well enough to make any jokes like this and uh yeah so then i wrote back was meant to be all fun and games no hard feelings sorry if you took it that way and then about two weeks later after like week four or five uh he ended up leaving the league and uh, there's been no communication since but like i said it, it is true i did send a uh a gif making fun of the padres and uh if i hurt anyone's feelings i apologize for that Okay, so now that you've now you've heard all the back and forth, right? And and just again for reference in regards to the Padres last year, um, at one point in time, I think they were forty nine and thirty three. They were even fifty nine and forty three. So seventeen games above five hundred, past the midway point. Okay, they were sixty three and forty seven at one point as well. So even there, you're sixteen games above five hundred with 110 games played. Okay. They finished the year 79 and 83. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, and they had, obviously they had massive injuries to their pitching staff and Tatis was in and out of the lineup as we wasn't, you know, I think he only played like 110 games or something like that. But the point is like the, the part of it was the Padres were talking all this ish about how good they were and they were really good. Then they had injuries and their season completely collapsed coincided with fantasy, a uh, fantasy football and then a, a gif. Like I'll just tell you, Ryan, I think Tommy Pham sounds like a guy who's way too sensitive. Like that's to me, like, why are you so sensitive about this? Like guy owns you in fantasy football and your team 
collapsed last year. Like, it sucks when somebody talks trash to you. But the guy also, like, you took it too sensitive and he apologized and that was it. I, I, I'm on Team Jock Peterson. Where are you? No, 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 no. So, what? for one, no one should be slapping anybody. That's why, When I say locker room code, if we kind of have our deal and it's behind you, what You just said last hour, you said, hey, next time I see you, I'm going to smack you. Like, you just said that's guy code. You said that, he, that's what I'm kind of saying. I'm, I'm still okay. sticking with, I'm saying like, if you guys have the respect in the locker room to kind of handle your stuff playground style, and no one's going to get overly sensitive, which I I played ten years in the league. That's kind of common, and you don't do this in front of media. You don't go out, you know, snitching. We're going to keep it amongst us. I I think that's that's kind of fine if everyone's in agreement. But he went out and smacked him in front of media, which meant that's just silly. Okay, because it doesn't even look like Jock wants to talk about what happened. But let me correct you, Doug. It wasn't just fantasy football. Jock Peterson said there was a lot of there was a lot of money involved, and, and and Fam lost a lot of money, by the way, by missing these three games. A lot more money than he would have lost in fantasy football. But Jock Peterson was stashing players in a dynasty league on IR, which means that we're playing for money, and you're pretty much cheating. And it may not be the edge for him to win, but it could be because in fantasy. Dynasty, every single player matters. So there's an element where if a guy can't play, you got to put him back in the pool once he's healthy. And Jock Peterson did some underhanded stuff. So should it be slapped? Technically, no. But you guys are going by guy code, locker room code, and you're keeping it within the fam? That's for those two guys to handle behind closed doors. And you don't like to see it get out. I'm going to tell you, I've seen a lot of teammates slapped. I've seen a lot of fights. I've seen a lot of arguments. I seen guys cheating in the in the in the card game, Doug. Yeah. Seen guys cheating in the card game, and it gets handled behind closed doors, and it's just kind of like a, a a cold thing that's between those two guys. Let them figure it out, you know. But this went too far. Doing it in the public is what I'm saying. Yeah, I I just I I also think like we we got in this weird space where guys, I I, I don't know, like if 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 it really bothered you to the point where you wanted to smack him. Then instead of removing yourself from the group chat, or there should have been some, and you you obviously had his number, like you tweet him like next time I see you, it's like to have it like boil inside you that bad. And I guess part of it is Jock probably said something when he walked by. There's there's a little bit of the the Tim Anderson thing from last week, where um, Josh Donaldson you know called him Jackie Robinson because. Tim Anderson called himself the next Jackie Robinson, right? And when guys are already hot, then all of a sudden you say something, it kind of lights that fire inside them and they lose their collective mind. It felt like there's a similarity there in guys losing their mind. And and any of us, when you're in a... I'll, I'll give you an example. I'm driving out yesterday to take my daughter to this horse show. And she asked me what time we get there and I told her 10.30 and it said on my on my GPS, it said 1038. And she's like, I'll bet you can make it there by 1030. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, like I trimmed 10 minutes, <laughs> trimmed 10 minutes. And then she's like, I'll bet you can trim five more. And I was like, all right. And I was in the fast lane, but there's somebody going slow. So I kind of whipped around and I passed this person. And right when I do, she's like, but you should watch. I've been on this road all week and there's cops. And right then I got lit up. <laughs> right then I got lit up. And... So I get pulled over. The the cop is, I mean, obviously end of the month, you're, there's no warning. They're, they're going to try and hit their quota. And he was nice, and he was actually quick. Usually they take forever. Here's your ticket. 
And, you know, like she's Snapchatting to her friends that it's how funny it is that I, she just, she's about to get her license that I got pulled over. And for about 15 seconds there, I was, <laughs> I turned, I was like, do not say anything to me right now. I need a second to catch my breath because I am hot. Right. <laughs> so I get, we've all been to that spot. The issue with Tommy Pham is like, dude, this was like months ago. Here's Tommy Pham reacting to getting suspended. How much contact have you had with Josh? As I said, from the fantasy football group chat, that was the last time. You I'll, talk I'll talk to him. I mean, this was strictly just about, you know, some money. Or winning some money. Yeah. I mean, will you or can you appeal? Uh, sounds like if I appeal, it might only get worse. <laughs> Does that include last night? Yes. So today, tomorrow, basically the series? The series, yeah. It's kind of like they don't want to play this series. <laughs> well, there, there, there you go. So it was over, for him, it was over money. It, it was over money. Yeah. Doug, it's 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 guy code, man. You, you've been in locker rooms. It happens. Is it ethical? Is it normal? There's a lot of testosterone. I always, you know, when my wife asks, I, I compare it and I say, I'm in a room with a bunch of elementary kids. The arguments that you hear over shoes, over where do I sit on the bus, over who's better looking, over the most juvenile things, the fights yeah. that happen, that's what happens in, a, in the locker room. But you keep it in the locker room. So I understand it. Keep it within us, within the guys, okay? But this spilled out. And... Obviously, Fam is one of those guys that, that you know. And, and Doug, I'm sure you probably heard some teammates say this. A guy say this. The next, he he's no lip service. Hey, hey, next time I see you, I'm slapping you. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, no, no and question. He did. Uh, no, no question. But uh, he did not say that. So, but it, I, I, you know, look, you get in the guy's money, and the entire. Everything changed. That's honestly why I was mad. Like I wasn't mad that I got like pulled over. I was mad because I'm like, damn, a speeding tickets like four hundred bucks, right? If I do, I get if I do traffic school, then I got to pay for that. Like then, if it goes in your record, then all of a sudden your points and insurance. Like, yeah, you start, we, I, I, that's my money. I'd so be I, I, I do, I do understand that one. So your your ego got involved and. You got caught. It wasn't up. my ego, it was my finances. That's no, not no, ego. That's to, reality. to start your ego trying to trim time and you knew better than to hop out the lane. And as soon as I you did. hopped out the lane, I did. you go, Oh gosh, got me. I had a buddy one time similar to hey man, just bust a Yui right here. There's no one around. Guess what? There's someone around. <laughs> okay. Yep. So yeah, your ego got involved. You want to do it. You're trying to, you know, you're trying to show off a little bit. Hey. Jock knew he broke guy code. But he can't deny that he got slapped in front of everybody. So he's got it. Yeah, I got slapped. He's not saying, you know, this guy shouldn't be playing. He's. I, I don't. I don't. That. By the way, I don't think it's the heroic. Like violence is not the answer. Like, dude, you you did nothing. You just stood there. I don't know. You know, he was wrong. That that actually does help your point a l- little more. <laughs> the fact that he didn't swing back no. knew that he was wrong, or that Tommy Fam Fam would have would have whooped him. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. 
With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb, Ryan Hollins, in for Dan the Danettes. Happy Memorial Day weekend to you. Um, we're talk fantasy, fantasy sports upcoming, not necessarily talk fantasy sports, but some really fun stuff happened in baseball. We, we got to discuss, but let's have a high level basketball conversation. Shall we? This is really cool. Antonio Daniels is going to join us. He played 13 years in the NBA. Plus he's a, if you ever listen to him call games now with the Pelicans, he does a tremendous job. Tona, happy Memorial Day to you. Okay, I, we'll get to all the different other aspects of it, but when you turned off the game last night, what was what was the thought going through your mind? Um, nothing different than I thought when it was 2-2. Two to two. Um, My thought when I turned the game off last night was the fact that I don't think that either one of these teams, whoever came out the East, can compete with the Golden State Warriors because of their lack of ability to put the ball in the hole. 
It was a great game to watch. And as many blowouts as we've seen throughout the course of these playoffs, it was nice to see a game, regardless as to if you have a dog in a fight or not, which I didn't, it was nice to see a game come down to the final two or three minutes of the game without it being decided prior to. But my thought when I turned that game off was no different than the thought that I had when the series was tied at two, heading into a game five. Either one of these teams, whoever comes out the East, I don't think they can compete with the Golden State Warriors in the seven-game series. Stug Gottlieb and Ryan Hollins in for Dan and the Danettes here on the Dan Patrick Show. What did you think of Jimmy Butler's shot? I, I, I don't mind it. Because it was Jimmy Butler. Anybody else? Nah, I don't have. I, I have an issue with it. But the NBA offense is not equal opportunity. Certain guys have earned the right to take shots like that. Jimmy Butler's been fantastic in the last two games. Forty-seven points in Game Six. Thirty-five, whatever it was last night. No, he's earned the right to take. That's who Jimmy Butler is. That's who he is. He is a guy that is built on kahunas, so to speak. I will take that shot from Jimmy Butler all day, every day. Anybody else on that roster without the last name Butler, I have an issue with it. But the fact that it was Jimmy Butler, no. You've earned the right and the freedom to take and make or miss that shot. And we will rock with the results. Hey, Antonio, what's up, dog? What's up, brother? How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing solid, man. Hey, this is actually going to bode well for your Pel- Pelicans, what, what I'm going to say. And I, okay. I, I asked Doug this earlier. Do you feel like the NBA is trending towards not needing a superstar to win a championship? It looks like what, what I'm seeing is the deepest teams are stepping up. Because Pelicans, once y'all, you guys get Zion back in the mix, you guys are one of the deeper teams. Big, big postseason this year, all right? I thought you guys did some really good things. But are we to the era where because of conditioning, because how long the season is, because of how many possessions you have, the pace of the game – you don't need a superstar to win. You just need a guy who can be a superstar and a deep enough team to survive. I, I'm looking at the two deepest teams, Antonio. That's what I'm looking at. I'm not looking at the best player. I'm not looking at Kevin Durant versus LeBron James or even Steph Curry. I'm looking at teams now. Am I crazy for saying that's the way you win now? Uh, well, first, okay, I think we have to define what a superstar is. Cause I think that word is thrown around. I, quite I often. really, I, but Antonio, I'm glad. I'm glad that's that's where you're taking this. So go ahead. I'm I'm sorry. I'm just like that's a, it's a yeah, really no, good point. No, yeah, I think we have to determine what a superstar is first and foremost. But there are also um, no fault of the Boston Celtics. Let, let me let me say that first before I say what I'm about to say. But we're having a different conversation, I truly believe, and I think we all believe. We're having a different conversation if Chris Middleton's present. Because now it's probably Giannis Antetokounmpo versus Steph Curry. Well, hold, hold, hold on, but Antonio, we could go, and, and you're right. You're right. This is actually the point I made. Like, okay, I, I didn't even think of Zion doesn't play this year. Okay, right. Ka- Kawhi doesn't play this year. Jamal Murray, right. people forget, like, Jamal Murray is the best player in the bubble. Jamal Murray d- d- doesn't play this year. Um, right. Uh, who else? Like we go, we kind of go. Davis. Th- huh? oh, Anthony Davis, you know, doesn't play long enough. They don't make the they don't make the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I, I I'm gonna I, I think it's more about the the construct of a team and injuries, right? That you're built and, the, and 
<clears throat> then some, if you're built, I mean, like, look, Ben Simmons doesn't play. If he plays, yes. they probably beat the Celtics. I agree. Yeah. Right? I no mean, heck, you go back to last year, if Kyrie doesn't get hurt, the Celtics beat the Bucs, exactly. and we don't have the, the Bucs in the finals. We, we go round and round. Let, let's, let's, let's take it to where you're talking about. All right? What is, okay. What's a superstar in your mind? Man, for me, a superstar is not, in, is not just about impact in between the four lines. Because a superstar, like, there, there, I think there are so many different tiers when we start to discuss this. Because a superstar is not just, well, you know what, this guy can average 30 points a game. Because everybody who averages 25 to 30 points per game, for me, is not a superstar. It's about the charisma. It's about the charisma. It's about the, uh, the personality. It's about the marketability. All of these other kind of things that makes guys a quote-unquote superstar. It's not just about, well, you know what, this guy's a really good NBA basketball player. Because if we're saying if a guy's a really good NBA basketball player and that's all it takes for him to be a superstar, then the NBA is full of superstars all over the place. And maybe I'm, I'm just not as inclusive not as inclusive on the superstar tag as everyone else is. Okay, so let me ask you, Ryan, okay, Mm -hmm. what do you consider a superstar? I'm talking the stingy list, dog. I'm talking a guy who goes and gets you four games. I'm talking LeBron James, put the ball in his hands, get out my way. Like you talked about it earlier, Doug. Four other guys and LeBron James. Four other guys and Allen Iverson. A guy who you put the ball in his hands, Antonio, like like Timmy D. You knew when it came down to it, it was like, hey, dog, like Antonio and them got, they got Timmy D and we don't. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like right. that guy. And we have, here, I'll help you out, Antonio, what you're trying to say. We have guys who can step in like Jimmy Butler and drop 45 piece on your head. Jason Tatum. <laughs> Superstar, yes. right. Right. situational white right. man, right, mm-hmm. right. Well, yeah, that, 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 I think, I think, I think we all kind of, I think we all kind of agree here. I, I, I think, I think, Antonio, you took it to kind of off the court, but you know, it's honestly, this is kind of like the Hall of Fame discussion, and we've kind of gone awry no with the Hall of Fame. Agree, right? We're like, oh, he's Agreed. a really good player, he's a very good player for a long time. Like, yeah, the Hall of Fame should be, were you the best player in the league ever in your career, right? And right. You know, and, and can you can you personally feel like you carry a team or you have your entire game plan is that like, look, it doesn't matter what we do sometimes because that dude is just going to go out, win you a game. And there's a handful of guys out there. And I don't think either of them play for yet for the Miami Heat or the Boston Celtics. I think Tatum has some of the traits. Um, and, and I think Jimmy Butler has some of the traits, yes. but they don't have enough of the traits to where. Okay. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like, like I love Jimmy Butler's game. I would love to have Jimmy Butler on my team, but every Me time, too. every time Jimmy Butler plays, you're like, damn, you got to worry about Jimmy. Like, Jimmy's gonna give you forty tonight. Like, you, you just, it, it's just, and I know that scoring isn't all of what basketball is. I, compl- you, we're all three of us are in complete alignment of that, but there is an element to the. The can you just go get me a bucket when I need a bucket, and right. the superstars can all do that. And hey, I don't think Jimmy is see, that guy. We had this, Doug and Ryan. We had this conversation last week on, on our on our um, SiriusXM show. Is Jimmy Butler a Batman, right? As opposed to being a Robin. And what what the context of that was? Can Jimmy Butler from Game One? through game 82 and then into the playoffs, be the best player on your team and lead you to an NBA championship. Do you truly believe that from game one through the postseason? Right. 
Situationally, he can. Yes. If you look at game six and you look at game seven, he showed that ability. But now if you look at game two through game six, he didn't show that ability. But the bubble Jimmy Butler, the bubble Jimmy Butler was that guy. This was my (laughs) issue with the Miami Heat coming into the playoffs as a whole and why I wasn't rocking with the Miami Heat. And what I said is they don't have that guy. And that's not discrediting who Jimmy Butler is because I tell you what, I love his leadership. And as a role player in this league for 13 years, I would love to play for and with a guy like Jimmy Butler. But you just said it, Ryan. Do I have the same thought about Jimmy Butler that I would have about Tim Duncan? Do I have the same thought about Jimmy Mm. Butler that I would have about Allen Iverson? Going into a game seven, going into a a game six must-win situation. And I think that's where the difference lies for me. me. Let me ask this, Antonio. Do you feel the same? And this is where I bring it up. In no disrespect, I know you guys are fanatical out there when I'm going to say this. Do you feel the same about Steph Curry, or do you feel like Steph Curry realizes he can kind of step back and let other guys do it by committee? You know, like he doesn't have to be that same Steph anymore, or or can he? Do you feel the same about Steph? Well, I think Steph is a different breed, man. You know what I mean? Steph is a different breed. He, he reminds me with his leadership style, so much of a Tim Duncan, so much of it. How, how he so? He can give you because of the way that they lead. They lead by by example, but when it's time, they're there. So it's not like. They've earned the reputation and the right to have big games, but then to take a step back and for Tim to allow Manu or Tony or Kawhi Leonard or someone else to have a big game. But you always know that Tim Duncan's there. Steph Curry is that same way. So Steph Curry will go out and give you 35 to start a series, and for the next two or three games, even though they're winning those games, give you 22 and 23, but allow Wiggins to be the best version of himself or allow mm. Poole to be the best version of himself or allow Clay Thompson to kind of get back into who he is and was. <laughs> I, I, they, their leadership style to me is a direct parallel and reflect of one Let another. Let me ask this real quick, Doug. Steph Curry is the closest thing in the league right now to me as far as leadership style goes to Tim Duncan because he's a superstar that allows the coach to coach him. And as we yep. know, Ryan, when the superstar allows the coach to coach him, everybody else falls in right. line. So you feel like it's a choice, not that he's just a little older. It's a choice is what well, you're saying. Well, I mean, obviously, yeah, being older, it, it matters. Because it's harder to bring it as much. Like any of us that still train do the same things that we did 10, 15 years (laughs) ago knows there's a drastic difference in it too. (laughs) Yes. So to be that good for that long consistently, that's why Jordan Poole, there were two things for me that happened with the Golden State Warriors that enabled them an opportunity to get back to the NBA Finals. One was the evolution of Jordan Poole, and two was Andrew Wiggins choosing to get vaccinated. Those are two things that are not discussed enough. Mm. If Andrew Wiggins does not get vaccinated, wow. the the Golden State Warriors are not in the NBA Finals. I don't care how you look at it or how you break it down. They're not. It's, it's, Clay Thompson's not who he used to be. Yep. So now you can take Andrew Wiggins and put him on Luka. You can take Andrew Wiggins and put him on the best player perimeter player from the other team because Clay Thompson is not that guy that he's always been. Andrew Wiggins choosing to get vaccinated was one of the biggest decisions as far as the Golden State Warriors success is concerned and obviously the evolution of Jordan Poole. That's why Steph Curry can take a step back and allow guys to be the best version of himself. 
You, you know, honestly, Antonia, and I don't know if you you made this correlation, but but I will. So I have a kid. So just so you guys are aware, so I'm actually getting a chance to broadcast from a place called the Map in Garden Grove. If you've been around Southern California hoops, it's one of the spots where they have all the games. I have a really talented. I think he just turned 13, seventh grader. Um, David Lee Johnson is his name. And I mean, the kid is an absolute stud. And yesterday I had my brother coach, coach, because I was my daughter's riding horses out in the desert. And so I'm watching her and I'm watching the game on the on the app. And he, mm-hmm. he didn't play. He didn't play well. He's trying to score every time he gets the ball and they're down. And they, we won the game because my brother smartly played guys that played together. And what I told him is what you're saying is it, watch the NBA. You are who your best player is. Right? That's a, it's an mm-hmm. old basketball adage. Whatever your best player is, that's your team. Right? For example, Steph Curry. If you have a superstar who plays one with incredible joy and passion, he's in perpetual motion, which means he's in remarkable shape. Right. And right. he plays for the joy of himself and others. Right. Like they just they move and have fun and they don't care. Like, yeah, Steph's going to get his FGAs, whatever. And I think that doing things for everybody more so than yourself is something very unique. You pointed out Tim Duncan. And I think that and I don't know if it was translated to Andrew Wiggins, if he knew what he was doing. But the fact that you're, you're pointing out a great fact, why would Andrew Wiggins do that? Because he's in, a, in an environment, in a culture where it's about culture. all of us, not about culture. just him. And again, then you look right. at Brooklyn, for example, right? And you got a guy who, who wouldn't, but that's also part of what's changed with the Brooklyn culture and why they're trying to change it back. Why they're trying to, is that, am, am, I, am I, you guys played in the NBA, am I wrong that you are who your best player is? They got to they got to change things, right, Antonio? They got, and I think that's what Kyrie said. Kyrie was saying it to, in his presser. He was, we got to change things. To, to kind of just, you know, get out of our way. Let us cook. It didn't work. I, I agree. They got, they had to change things in Brooklyn. I, I think that's what you see Sean Marks doing. Yeah. You know, I think Kyrie's right. echoing the same stuff, right? Right, but but it's it's different. I, I thought when Andrew Wiggins went to Golden State, um, and I said this way back then. I think many of us kind of echoed this. This was a great place for him because yep. he was no longer the number one overall pick, Andrew Wiggins. Yep. That responsibility and accountability that he had on him being the number one overall pick was now gone because you have Steph Curry, because you have Clay Thompson, because you have Draymond Green. And this is before we thought Jordan Poole was going to be a, a 20 to $25 million a year type kind of guy. Right. But with all that being said, what was there was exactly what you just spoke of, Doug, and that's the culture. That's the culture. You know, sitting, sitting courtside at Tim Duncan's ret- uh, Jersey retirement ceremony, one thing Pop said I'll never forget. He said, Tim, thank you for giving me the opportunity to actually coach you. Yeah. Think about yeah. what that says. Yeah. Think about some of the stars that you play with, Ryan. We've been in those locker rooms yeah. where the star does not allow the head coach to coach them. That's how your locker room becomes splintered. Yep. So, Ryan, you just brought up a great point. When Kyrie Irving said all the way back in the preseason, we don't need a coach. <laughs> Think about what that says to everyone else in that locker room. Think about the yeah, culture uh, at that yeah, time. Yeah, he did. We we, we got to run. He also said in his first year, like, don't worry, like most of these guys won't be around. When we're good. Like, God, he's, he's just poison. Tone, I appreciate I appreciate you joining us. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.